stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Welcome back. Rob Breckenridge with you. You probably recall a couple of years ago, 2019, uh, shortly after being elected, the uh, Alberta government, uh, the UCP government, followed through on, well, a couple of promises. One was to set up a so-called war room, the Canadian Energy Centre. That's had its share of controversy. And they also launched a public inquiry. Now, this was sort of a, a two-pronged fight-back strategy. Uh, so the war room was meant to to respond to claims being made about uh, Alberta's energy sector, the oil sands in particular, and the uh, public inquiry into anti-Alberta energy campaigns was about investigating those that were making those sorts of claims about the oil sands. Or more particular, I guess, the notion that there was a substantial amount of foreign funding of environmental groups in Canada that were campaigning against the oil sands, and maybe there was a more sinister motive to some of that funding. So July of 2019, this inquiry was launched, and we haven't really heard much from it. They did submit an interim report, by the way, that the government is sitting on. But when you think public inquiry, you think hearings and testimony, and, and it's all very public and very visible. This has been the opposite of that. What we do know is that the commissioner, Steve Allen, has now asked for three extensions. So instead of wrapping up in July of 2020, this may or may not wrap up by May 31st. Friday night, 9 p.m., uh, the announcement came out that another extension had been granted. So what's been going on here? Well, and that's where our next guest comes in, because something else we learned on Friday night was that uh, lawyer and, and writer Sandy Garasino had met with and had conversations with Steve Allen to talk about some of her work and some of her research into these sort of fundamental questions here. Now, joining us to talk more about it is uh, the aforementioned uh, Sandy Garasino. Sandy, thanks so much for joining us here this afternoon. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on, Rob. So it's interesting because you had conversations with, you met with Steve Allen. This was all back in, I guess, late 2019, wasn't it? Um, it was. It was November of 2019. I, I have not met with Steve Allen himself. I met with a, um, two forensic accountants okay. that he sent to that he sent here to Vancouver to meet with me. Um, and but I I had a, a long and and wide ranging conversation <laughs> with Mr. Allen um, in in early November 2019, and then and then the meeting with the accountants later okay. that month. So in terms of why this has all come out now, so my understanding is there's a professor at the University of Calgary who has applied to be a participant in this. He uh, suggested then that, uh, that the commission reach out to you to inquire about some of the work you've done into this topic. And that's when they said, oh, well, we've already talked to her. Is, is that how it went? Roughly. I mean, that, yeah, that's, a, that's a, <laughs> a pretty good summary. I have done a, um, a lengthy piece. So I spent many months diving long and deep into the issue of, of um, uh, foundation grants generally across all sectors and was able to draw out information about a little bit more context to the to uh, this controversy here in in, in Alberta. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and by the way, we'll let people know you wrote about all of this. Uh, it's at nationalobserver.com if folks want to read your piece, because I get the sense that when they first reach out to you, it seemed very genuine, that they wanted to get a better understanding of this. They were looking at talking to, to uh, numerous you know, different people, different perspectives and all of this, and that maybe your perception has, has shifted a little bit over the last couple of years here. Well, it's, I mean, I'm still a little bit, to be honest, befuddled by what I'm seeing, because now I don't really have much more of a window than anybody else does. In fact, I don't. I've only had um, the one lengthy conversation. And Mr. Allen struck me at the time as a, you know, as a, as a straight shooter who was interested in, you know, he wanted to deliver uh, a, a report and, and to have an inquiry that was, uh, that was a real good faith, open, um, um, situation for, for all parties and, and that was going to be an honest broker approach to it. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell if that opinion has changed, if he has, uh, experienced other pressures. Because you know, obviously, the premier has pretty much announced the conclusions of the of the inquiry before before the inquiry mm-hmm. even started. Uh, so it's it's hard to tell where Steve Allen lies today, uh, what, what his what his true mindset is at the moment. Uh, but he still has not got direct information or or contacted or attempted to contact any of the major principals who are affected by this. And it's interesting because, you know, you, you sat on this, right? There, there was a confidentiality agreement, or maybe not signed necessarily, and you can speak to that, but you, did you feel kind of blindsided by this revelation on, on Friday, or, or maybe speak to that if you can? Well, I was, I was blindsided because when I first, uh, when, I first uh, when he first reached out to me and we had our conversation, and it was on the condition that this was confidential. And this was in, in really in, in order to enable a, um, uh, an honest and, you know, unguarded, shall we say. If everybody is come to, coming to the table in good faith, you kind of want to have that relationship. You want to, to feel that degree of trust that it's not going to end up on Twitter the next day and know it would be it would blow up in his face too but me being uh, i mean i'm an opinion opinion columnist who does a lot of research-based uh, long read work well it would it would not be good in that environment for for it, it to appear that in some way i i am either collaborating or that i'm doing anything so it, all of this i think it was in both of our interests that this be um, that this be a confidential communication, uh, and then and then he disclosed it. So I felt that I had to explain. Well, what was the nature of that relationship, and what did I do, and 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 and, and say, and what were, and what were our communications? Well, let's take a step back because I mean the reason they reached out to you, presumably, is because you had been researching this very question. So work you had done was relevant to what this commission is supposed to be looking at, this question of foreign funding to to environmental groups based in Canada. What, what got you interested in, in that question in the first place? Um, although I, I write for the National Observer, which is perceived perhaps in Alberta as being um, uh, an environmentalist mouthpiece, uh, um, 
my my that's not my world i'm not really from the environmental community but i am concerned about uh, free speech and freedom of association and i have been i have watched this narrative develop um, for a long time and I, it has always struck me that the narrative was fundamentally biased that it omitted key crucial information that would I think relieve a lot of Canadians and would would relieve a lot of Albertans if they understood it. So I have I have watched it closely, and and I know about the foundation world, and I understand finance, and I understand charitable and nonprofit finance, perhaps in a way that a lot of other media observers, and I think a lot of the the narrators of this of this uh, story uh, do not. And so, what did you find? I mean, is is there anything untoward going on here? In, in, in my opinion, no. Um, I think there are some really crucial pieces of information that are that are missing from the narrative. This the, the grants are not controlled out of the United States. They are not driven out of the United States. The grants are controlled um, and distributed by uh, a consortium of Canadian uh, individuals, and the key. Uh, grant coordinator and has been for 10 years is Sephora Berman. Not what has been widely thought of is that there's, that there, there's this um, a group out of the San Francisco office that is controlling it. Uh, that, that, hasn't, that has never been the case. The, the grants are applied for and are um, largely controlled by Canadians. The Canadian groups that receive the grants, most of their money comes from Canadians if you pool this money, it looks like it's a lot from uh, American organizations, but it's an extremely, it's an infinitesimal small uh, portion of the granting foundation's budget. The largest funders uh, who are both in Europe and in, in the United States, it's less than 1% of their total grant. So this is not something that they are focused on. This is, uh, this is almost a side of their desk um, enterprise. The climate, um, found the climate grants of the funders that do most climate funding, overwhelmingly their, found, their grants go to the United States, to China, to Europe, to a smaller degree, to India. And largely their focus is about uh, building the new renewable energy economy. It's, it's sort of in that direction. The extent to which they uh, fund groups that engage in activism is largely, and it's a very small part of their total budget, and an as I say, an, an infinitesimally small part of their budget directed to can Canada is about um, enabling and amplifying grassroots organizations. That is the rubric under which these Canadian organizations got funding. And by the way, this funding overall is a minuscule um, um, amount compared to the assets and the resources that the oil and gas industry is, um, and the, the Alberta government um, has dedicated to promoting their projects. And what about specifically, and I know you looked at this question too, the, the tar sands campaign itself, because I know that that's really been singled out here. Yes. Um, well, and I think that that is, that is almost everything. If you look at um, international foundation granting to um, Canada in, in the context of in the environment, almost all of the money has gone into conservation projects. 
the tar sands campaign is almost a unique type of operation. And I, you know, I think Albertans would would should know and should understand that not everybody in the environmental community and not everybody in the environmental community in British Columbia um, feels that opposing pipelines is the is the most important way. Uh, to uh, combat climate change, um, and it's not necessarily their focus, uh, nor is it the focus of, of the foundations themselves. Uh, so the Tar Sands campaign has received roughly 40 million, or did when I wrote in 2019, in the previous decade had received roughly $40 million, or about $4 million a year, that was distributed between 50 to 60 groups, sometimes up to 100 groups. Um, and most of the main funders pretty much um, dropped off. The Hewlett Foundation was the largest funder, and they pretty much dropped off uh, in 2015 when Premier Notley brought in her climate initiative. Uh, when that happened, I think that a lot of the, the international funders felt that that, you know, the, the mission accomplished and they were on to other things. So now the funding has been, is a, is a small trickle of what it, what it ever was. So this is really a, a, a blown out of proportion controversy and it's out of date now. It's, it's kind of over and has been for a long time. So after presenting all of this to Steve Allen and his team, did, did you get any kind of, of feedback or were you able to gauge what the, their reaction was to all of that? Well, their focus, the team that, that came to, there were sort of two different, um, two different approaches. I think Steve Allen's uh, hope uh, was that I might be able to be some, have some influence in drawing um, environmentalists in the BC environment to to come and talk to him. And, and I made clear that I really, that wasn't my role as a, as a journalist, and nor did I have the relationships. Like I say, I'm not really from the environmental community per se. The team was interested in my methodology. What database had I used? How had I accessed it? What were the search? You know, how, how did I do right. the research? How did I, right. how did I derive the results that I derived? And that was pretty much it. That was kind of, it wasn't super exciting. <laughs> so now we're at the point where we, we've learned about these conversations. It, it, uh, you know, based on, on what they've accepted, I guess, as, as reports and, and some of these reports that they've, they've shared or posted are somewhat controversial, to say the least. It doesn't appear as though your research has, has been included in that either. I mean, do, do you draw any conclusions from that or what do you make of it? Well, I don't necessarily think that the, that um, the commission should, you know, come running to Sandy Garrosino for expertise. In fact, I think what's been missing, what is still missing, and what is missing from the reports that have been included for consideration and put out to participants for comments, is real expertise about financing in the charitable and nonprofit world and foundation world. What what nobody here is a true what I would call independent expert, and nor do I think that the commission has that expertise in house. That's what should have started all of this. It should have, you know, all of this controversy goes back many years, and it goes back to the Harper government and the CRA audits. At no point 
did anybody ever commission an independent report from from experts in the field of charity nonprofit foundation finance? Yeah. Had they done that, I, and I think Canadians would have benefited enormously. That's where you start. Bring in experts and independents. And, and, but everybody so far has got an agenda and has got a point of view. I have a point of view. Uh, I think it's, I think it's uh, substantiated by the research that I did, but I would urge and welcome independent expert reports. Well, that would make sense. Uh, I mean, it, it's at times hard to glean exactly what this commission is up to. Maybe that's that's something in the works, and, and perhaps we just don't know at this point. We'll see how it all plays out. In the meantime, again, uh, we'll, we'll send people to uh, nationalobserver.com if they want to read uh, more from you on this. And Sandy, like I said, we'll see where this all ends up, but appreciate your input on all of this. Thank you so much for having me on, Rod. All the best. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. All right. That's uh, Sandy Garasino, uh, writer, lawyer uh, based in Vancouver. And uh, her side of the story here, that she's done some research uh, into this. The commission reached out to her. They had some, some in-depth conversations, and then uh, that was that. And uh, we just learned all of this a few days ago. All right. We'll take a break here. Plenty more still to get to in our time remaining. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.